righty. And now, on Small Talk, Small Government, we're going to do something that has never been done before by doing a follow-on episode, which we're going to call 15B. Oh, this episode, wow. what do you, we're switching it up here in 2023. <laughs> We are going to talk a little bit about uh, the the 15 votes for House Speaker that occurred last week. Uh, and, and, and some people just considered that so unheard of and so embarrassing. Look what the Republicans are doing on the floor. Of course, Bill and I see that differently. So uh, in episode 15, we talked about the general outcome of the 2022 midterm elections. Uh, we talked about some of the positive outcomes that we expected to see, and that lends right into a conversation about how did we go about a- appointing the House Speaker. Uh, you know, I think we did a good job of ensuring that we didn't just stamp the box and keep the old status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I appreciate that there were a handful of Republicans who did not vote for McCarthy as Speaker. Uh, I believe it started out as 20 yes. at the beginning of the week, and then uh, many conversations were had, uh, uh, concessions were made, and throughout the week, I believe it was 16 of them did end up flipping and, and voting for McCarthy, thus securing his House vote, and I think it might have been four that uh, that ended up simply voting present therefore lowering the threshold that he needed to gain the majority and be voted in. Yes, Um, I believe so. Yeah, and again, like, you know, a lot of people, I mean, CNN, MSNBC, were having a real field day with it. You know, look at the Republicans. They can't get their act together. They don't agree on anything. Um, But that shouldn't be surprising to us. Have we not been throwing the, the term rhino around for years now? Republican in name only. Naturally, mm-hmm. in the Republican Party, if we see a rhino, we sniff that rhino out. And, you know, we make sure either you're really with us or you're not one of us. And yes. and, and, and we need that. Again, we say that because it's important right now to have some checks and balances because we can see our government running off the rails um, not following the Constitution, uh, not not allowing real debate to occur. That's not something we want to continue. We finally got an opportunity to do something about that with this House majority win. We have to use what we have to the fullest potential that we can. And so if that means not just rubber stamping somebody like McCarthy to be speaker, if we can't rely on him to hold the line and do what the the conservative American voters expect of the Republican Party in Congress. Yeah, we need to, we definitely need to get those people out who are, who are the rhinos and, um, like you say, get somebody else in there who, who yeah. represents the people. And I, I think several times in some of the, the, good, the good conservatives that we have have mentioned, look, I like Kevin McCarthy as a person. I like working with him, but I'm using what I see as he is the minority speaker to inform me about how I might be able to expect him to behave in the majority. And there were a lot of times that he did not stand up against Nancy Pelosi or or he, he did not have the fortitude that, that we wanted to see. Um, You know, and we saw that over and over again. So therefore when the opportunity came to, to try and say, sure, we'll vote for you, but 
These mm-hmm. are the things we expect from our House majority leader in the conservative party that, yeah. that will stand up for, for what we're working toward. So what, what do we have here? Let's, let's count. It looks like it is 14. Am I counting right? 14 concessions that uh, we have a list here from the Huffington Post. So let's go over some of these, uh, some of these concessions that McCarthy had to make in order to secure that vote. One of them, uh, one, a big one is that any member can call for a vote to oust the speaker. So that that's a scary thing for him, I'm sure. I mean, I, I can guarantee I don't think that Kevin McCarthy is going to find this to be an easy job. And yeah. I'm not even sure if he's going to like it as much as he thought he might before he exactly. got this pushback. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, I believe, changed it to the majority of the members have to vote uh, in order to to oust the speaker. But this rule apparently goes back, you know, all the way through to the beginning of, uh, of the country, to the beginning of the, of the house. It's, I think it, I heard somebody refer to it as a, a Jeffersonian rule. So that, that tells you how far it goes back. Mm-hmm. It was always one vote up until Nancy Pelosi made it the majority. So now it's gone back to the way it was. Yeah. And I, I think that is good. That's progress. Mm-hmm. See, you know, yeah. what, what I think people might not understand about Nancy Pelosi and, and, and that's one of the things that was mentioned last year. They said, you know, lover or hater, you got to respect what she was able to do. And, yes. you know, I guess I can see that. But then at the same time, if if the way she did that was to, um, you know, morph and mangle the process in a way that protected her and, and, and allowed her to push through what I consider very extreme uh, you know, bad things for the country. She was able to do that because mm-hmm. she situated the circumstance in a way that allowed her to, you know, be undercover and just yeah. make it happen. And that really, that's very wrong. Again, when you think about the fact that, you know, that th- there are many things within our constitution and within our, our policies and procedures that are supposed to protect the minority, Yes. And, and protect it so that every voice is heard, not that some odd, deep state elite level in American politics runs everything regardless of what the people might want. And I mean, there's a big old half of the country that practically everything Nancy Pelosi shoved through hurts. Why yes. is that allowed? And there's no and, and nobody could ever have done anything about it. So, yeah. you know, one of the one of the biggest in addition to that. Um, that rule change, one of the biggest things that I see is that the the Freedom Caucus members, which are the ones that I call the good conservatives, mm-hmm. now are allowed to occupy three of the nine seats on the House Rules Committee. That's huge because Nancy Pelosi did not allow anybody who had an actual opposing viewpoint to be on that committee before. So therefore, yeah. you know, and that, that committee decides what gets voted on, uh, you know, which amendments reach the floor. That's crazy to think that those nine people that, that held those positions with Nancy Pelosi were either rhinos or Democrats. Yes. How is that right? As so, if there's a difference, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's good that we that we've got that going now. Um, and and that's also, how 
Yeah, with those, with those, um, uh, the rhinos and the Democrats on the rules committee, that's how you end up with a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill that comes out, what, on Christmas Eve? Yeah. And, and everyone just passes it and, yeah. and screws all the rest of us over. It, it, it's, it, that is disgusting and needs the change. So that's, yep. that's one of the things that, um, they they've made a rule that they're going to cap fiscal 2024 spending bills uh which means that they would be spending about 130 billion dollars less than that recent omnibus bill uh they they made it clear that a new rule is that the debt ceiling has to be paired with spending cut so if they're going to increase the debt ceiling it needs to also be paired with spending cuts mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. things make sense we don't want to yeah. keep putting ourselves in a position that we're in so much debt and so beholden to you know bad regimes around the world that you know we can't defend ourselves our dollar means nothing i mean this is scary stuff that we're heading towards so i'm glad yeah. that these 15 votes took place uh, you know, one other one other vote that I think we could expect based on the fact that we've got some Freedom Caucus members on that rules committee uh, is oh. Chip Roy, a Republican in Texas and a Freedom Caucus member, wants to call for a vote that would finish the border wall and expel migrants attempting to cross the border. I mean, that's significant because that would have been a vote that never would have reached the House floor with Pelosi. Oh, of course. And it's something that a lot of Americans do want. So, you know, good. Like, let's bring it to the floor and let it be voted on. And then, you know, let everybody make it known what they support or do not. Yeah, definitely. And to your point about that crazy, ridiculous 1.7 trillion omnibus bill, they've got a promise to move bills individually instead of putting them in the big omnibus. I mean, because they've been using that omnibus against us forever. You know, I know. They, they shove a million things in there. What was that thing? Four thousand pages? Yeah, something like that. It it's uh, it's a whole truckload. No, uh, nobody can. Nobody knows what was in it. And there was even somebody on TV who was asked about that, and he says, "I, you know, basically said I didn't read it. I, nobody could read it. We just voted for it." Yeah, and 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 of course, it's like you know they they finger pointed each other. Why would you not? Why would you not vote for this when it includes military spending? You say you care about the military, and then you won't vote for the bill. You know, it's yeah. like it's like a game. And and to that point, they want to put it. They want to break out all the all the special interest stuff mm-hmm. that, that's in there. You know, all the you know you're running. For, you you represent a congressional district, and you want you know. $5 million for whatever project in your district and, and everything. Mm-hmm. They want to break that out so everyone can see it and then vote on those individually mm-hmm. and break things apart. So it's like you say, not an omnibus uh, mm-hmm. bill, but something where you can vote on, on the pieces individually and, and understand what's in there too, which which and, makes sense. Yeah. And actually, and, and that might help some of those things that, that members think they are voting for actually come to fruition. Like, you know, yeah. for instance, I say the, the infrastructure bill, uh, you know, the Green New Deal that they mm-hmm. passed and they claimed was bipartisan. Well, you know, some of the, some of the Republicans who voted for that did not get what they the earmarks or you know right. whatever the special earmarks, stuff that's was. The word I was looking yeah, that's for. The yeah, word. yeah, like um um Joe Manchin. Yeah. Joe Manchin. The, the, the Joe Manchin asked for specific things that would have helped West Virginians and their quote infrastructure in that bill. Mm-hmm. It has been just taken off the table. Yeah. So he voted for that because of that that earmark. Only to find that it's not going to happen anyway. So perhaps if they yank these things apart. 
they would have an opportunity to to really get that, you know, for for their state or whatever the case might be. Because right yeah, now it's just allowed to be hidden and then it's allowed to be taken away. Yeah, that's one of the the 14 points here that uh, that there is. So uh, so the House can only consider spending bills under open rules and not in a, not an omnibus. And so so uh, Joe Manchin or, or somebody can put that in there. Everyone would know about it and be able to vote on it. Or somebody can make an amendment that would that would kill a whole bunch of stuff in there. Mm hmm. So and and, and again, that's any member can do that. So and, yeah. and that's the way it should be. And, and that really is democracy. Yeah, that is allowing the open debate and, you know, the the discussion of ideas and and for one to prevail, not yep. to to feign uh, cohesion by just silencing anybody who doesn't agree. And, and that's what's been happening. And if people don't understand that, that's what's been happening in our government for a long time. You know, I urge you to seek out reading material or something yes. different because you're 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 very much in the sand. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, another thing that I think is huge is one of the votes, uh, one of the floor votes is going to establish term limits. Good idea. Probably oh, not a good waiting. thing for people to be, you know, in office for 45 years. Yeah, we've been wanting this for a long time. But I think that the idea of, of turning over the House population uh, will, will, will bring in new ideas and, and not mm -hmm. get people, like you say, who have been there for, for decades and decades and decades and just make it a stagnant swamp. Mm -hmm, exactly. Stagnant swamp. Um, they've, they've put forth a ban on taxpayer dollars going toward abortions. Um, there, federal law already prohibits this, but there's there's loopholes and ways that you do have that there's taxpayer dollars that that go and fund that kind of thing, and mm -hmm. that that shouldn't be happening anymore. Yeah. So so that's nice. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is nice. That's a good one. So uh, Jim Jordan was one of the people who was um, nominated as a potential speaker during the process of the fifteen votes. I love Jim Jordan, but I, I didn't yeah. like that move because I thought, you know, he has put so much time and effort into um, the the legislation that he's trying to to get forward and the, on the Judiciary Committee, um, digging into to, to some of the things. And I wanted him to be able to continue on that track. I, did, I think that he's got he, he's he's a wonderful presenter. He's a great legal mind. I, I really appreciate what I've seen him do and I trust him a lot. So I was glad that he was able to stay with in his lane with his strength and what he's good at doing. And, and even he said the same thing. He's like, come on, this isn't the job for me. Yeah, and I agree yeah. that it wasn't, but I, I think the point that the, the, uh, the GOP was trying to make is we don't have to just go with Kevin McCarthy because he happens to be the person that's been holding the role. That yeah, was yeah, the yeah. point they were trying to make. So, but one of the things, um, that, that will be able to happen now is that there's going to be a new House Judiciary Subcommittee that Jim Jordan is going to lead, and it's going to probe what we call the weaponization of the federal government. And, oh, and yeah. you know, what that means is let's dig into the FBI and the Department of Justice and this, this two-tiered system that we seem to have now that treats conservatives and liberals differently. You know, all these things that have come out in the Twitter files, all these endless dumps of oh, the Twitter files and the emails and everything like that. It's absolutely um, it, it confirmed all our suspicions, not to make a tangent or anything, but it confirmed all our suspicions. And even Elon Musk said, hey, is there a is there a conspiracy theory that hasn't been proven true on this one? And yeah, 
And yeah. so I think that's a great idea to probe all this because it's the federal government looks like it's been working a little too closely with all these uh, all these social media companies, big tech companies. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So that's a that's a positive. And another thing that uh, McCarthy also uh, mentioned is uh, the House is going to remove the metal detectors from outside the chamber, mm-hmm. and it's also going to end proxy voting. Uh, which are both rules put in place by Pelosi in the past couple of years. You know, it's 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 and ridiculous. The proxy that voting is it is it sending someone else in your place? Almost like uh, like being a congressman working from home, sort of a thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you can yeah basically send somebody in your place, call in call in your votes, phone it in, and now people actually have to go to the floor to do their thing. And I think that's what the people would want. I mean, I, I yes. think like as a voter, yes, I would like you to be there doing what I put you there to do. Exactly. So that sounds I, positive to me. <laughs> and I'm not sure whether whether it passed or whether this uh, this also includes that. But he was also talking about open up the uh, uh, the gallery to uh, to people so you could actually go and watch you know watch government in action, watch these debates and everything. You all of us ordinary people can go there, which is mm-hmm. another rule that uh, that was. Uh, um, that Pelosi put in place, I believe, though, that uh, you can't actually do that anymore. So they're they're trying to open this up again. Yeah, uh, I guess we can say, you know, an- another person that was um, suggested or nominated was uh, Byron Donalds. And I think it, it goes without saying that uh, he-, he was a- he's a newer member of Congress. So uh, people attacked the fact that you know, maybe he doesn't have the experience, etc. But he- he's a good conservative. And I, I appreciate the way he was able to defend himself and to de- to defend his record and his qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate his poise when he was being, you know, in my opinion, completely insulted and attacked um, yeah. by folks saying, well, you know, the Republicans only would nominate you because you're black. Uh, well, which I is, think that's ridiculous. It, it, it is ridiculous. And, you know, and, and he went on Joy Reid and was able to defend himself very well. I, I think she made a fool of herself. She's a horrible race baiter, um, you know. And, and so that kind of thing, I think, will be more exposed in the public eye as we continue on, too. Yeah. And I hope to hear more from him. And uh, McCarthy actually appointed him uh, for the House GOP steering panel, which... Uh, that's a panel that decides committee assignments. So that's a that's another concession that uh, uh, that he made, and and I think that's a that's a great appointment. I think he'd uh, do really well at at uh, um, in that role. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one thing that uh, our our good buddy hero Rand Paul has said over and over again about having the the adequate time to read the bills that will yes. be another improvement that we see happening. I think they're going to make it so that. Uh, we, any bill needs to be made public 72 hours before it is brought to the House floor for a vote. So, again, mm-hmm. just, you know, a few more things that are trying to prevent that late night sudden shove through of 4,000 pages or whatever it might be. So yeah. here's Another, where we found ourselves after the, the midterm election, you know, good. Yes. And I'm glad that, that these uh, 20 or so members of the House Freedom Caucus were actually able to make a difference on this one, that they weren't just steamrolled like, uh, like it seems like happened so often, that they can yeah. actually use their power of, you know, needing the, needing the votes mm-hmm. to, get the, to get the speaker in there to, to say, hey, we're going we're to make some changes. If you want my vote, we're going to make some changes here. And mm-hmm. good changes too. These things, I think, are are all excellent changes and excellent start to uh, uh, to everything here. Um, Absolutely. Not only what we discussed in the previous episode, but this one that uh, 
uh, that they're they're starting off uh, quite well. Yeah, and you know, and I'm and I'm glad that that Kevin McCarthy was able to stick with it, and that I think yep, the, yep, the, yep. the the Republican Party is going to come out stronger because of this. And um, you know, I, I think that speaks a lot to his character as well. You know, I think that he did make it make it known. I am somebody that you can trust and rely on. Let me prove it to you. And and that's yeah. what I think we want to see from our leaders. So that was positive to me and I appreciated it. So I, I think that, you know, what, what has bothered me so much is, is, is again, you know, watching the Democrats think this is such a bad thing. And, and now they're saying, well, the Republicans can't possibly lead anything. They can't even stay together. Well, maybe we shouldn't be together in all cases. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but but on the other hand, this is kind of getting everything out in the open right from the beginning that everyone knows where everyone else stands and everyone is, is familiar with everyone's uh, uh, stances on the issues and everything. And so, uh, you know, we can use that information moving forward. We can we can we can understand what uh, what people want and that they're actually going to fight to get it. Absolutely. I mean, and we, we've seen some of the covid mandates and. Isn't that yes. nice? You know, a call for all yes. of the ending of all of the mandates and all of this emergency funding, all of this. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, you know, I think we're going to have more good things to come. I'm looking forward to following up on some of the things that we talked about last year that mm-hmm. we expect to see some traction on now. And it's going to be, I think it'll be an exciting, exciting year ahead for small talk, small government. <laughs>